Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. In our epistle this morning, St. Paul admonishes the Corinthian church by referring back to the Israelites' sojourn in the wilderness and the many fails they had there in which they sinned against God and were punished for it. And he's basically saying to the Corinthians, look what happened to them when they sinned. It didn't go well, uh, so don't do what they did or the same could happen to you. At the very beginning of the passage, uh, St. Paul anticipates a certain attitude that the Corinthians might adopt when he tells them, when he's getting ready to tell them, uh, that they could suffer the same fate as the Israelites in the wilderness who sinned against God. He says, he's he's sort of anticipating this attitude that, well, you know, that's not going to happen to us because we're the church. We're not, you know, old Israel. We're the church. We've received the truth. We've been enlightened. We know Jesus. We're in a different class, different species than the nation of Israel. Uh, Paul says, uh, not so fast there. (laughs) Let me explain something to you. That's how he starts out. He says, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. I want you to understand something very important, brothers and sisters. Um, Our fathers were all under the cloud and passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they all were drinking of the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock, by the way, was Christ. So as he speaks this way, he's talking about baptism, He's talking about spiritual food and drink. Obviously, the manna from heaven. Jesus says, I'm the manna from heaven. The rock. He just comes right out and says, the rock is Christ. He's talking to them in this way because he's basically saying that they are the church. Then. They are the church of the Old Testament. The church of God. And as the church, they were experiencing Christ. And they did experience Christ. I mean, we see Christ all over the Old Testament. Christ was appearing to them and encountering them. I mean, that's part of the gospel, too. He shows up in the flesh in the gospel and says, you know, I was with you through the entire, your experience in the old. You knew me. You experienced me. You saw me on many, many, many occasions, by the way. They saw him. And here I am, and you've missed the visitation. So there's going to be a judgment. Paul is saying, you know, the Israelites in the wilderness, they are the church. That rock was Christ. They experienced the second person of the Godhead firsthand. They saw him, knew him, experienced him. And they fell in the wilderness. So don't think you're immune. Because these things were written to warn you from making the same mistakes they made. There's no difference between them and you. 
really. St. Paul is saying to the church that, you know, you need to understand this because it's really important. There are not two different people of God. There's only one people of God. There's the nation of Israel. There's the church. Those are not two different things. Israel and the church are the same. Israel is the church, and the church is Israel. The church is not a new Israel. The church is Israel. And Israel is not an old church. Israel is the church. It's all one and the same. One people of God. You know, some have been pruned out, thrown into the fire. Others have been grafted in. But there's one vine that stretches out across the entire arc of God's redemptive plan and creative work. It's of a whole cloth. The new is not new, by the way. The new covenant's not new because it's a radical departure from the old or of some different species. The new is the old fulfilled. The new is the old fulfilled. So the point in the purpose of this whole passage is to say that the, to the, uh, the Corinthians that they are perfectly capable of repeating what they did and, they, and suffering the consequences. Uh, picking up in verse 5. Oh, I, by the way, I forgot to mention I started a few verses earlier from our reading this morning. So I think we start in verse 6. In our reading, I started at verse 1, chapter 10. Verse 5, But God was not pleased with most of them, for they were cut down in the wilderness. We're going to see the primary reason they were cut down. Verse 6, But these things happen as examples for us, so that we will not crave evil things as they did. So do not be idolaters as some of them were. Really, this passage is all about idolatry, um, not only does he bring up here uh, idolatry as sort of the overarching sin, but at the end of the passage in verse 14, which is the verse right after our reading this morning ends, he says, so then, my dear friends, I like that. Uh, he's, you know, it's kind of a harsh admonition he's giving here. He wants to soften it a little bit. You know, I, I really do love you. My dear friends, flee from idolatry. You know, so you don't get wiped out by serpents in the wilderness or so the ground doesn't open up and swallow you, my dear friends. Um, the gentle touch from St. Paul, reassuring them as dear friends. So he goes on referencing the first incident that he's going to talk about three separate incidents uh, of the Israelite sin in the wilderness. He says, as it is written, this is uh, still verse 7, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Let us not be immoral as some of them were, and 23,000 died in a single day. So they, eat down, they sat down to eat and drink. He's referring to the fact that they sat down at the Lord's table, to the Lord's provision for the manna and the water, the spiritual food and drink they received from God. And then they immediately rose up to play, referring to an incident recorded in Numbers 25, in which the people, or the men, went on to commit sexual immorality with um, the daughters of Moab, and it was all within the context of a pagan religious ritual. So that was bad. I mean, they received from God, and then they went and did that. And as a result of this unbridled lust and idolatry, he says, 23,000 died in a plague. In a single day, actually. 23,000. Okay, second incident, verse 9. And let us not 
put Christ to the test, as some of them did, and were destroyed by snakes. Ugh. That's, I don't want to be just snakes. Poisonous snakes. This incident's recorded in Numbers 21. So what horrible thing did the people do which provoked God's wrath um, such that he would send these venomous snakes to kill so many of them? What did they do? Does anybody remember? They grumbled. <laughs> they grumbled. They grumbled against God and against Moses. And you know, when they're grumbling, grumbling against Moses, they're effectually grumbling against God. They failed to trust God's promises. Sure, they're going through a tough and difficult time. What did they do? Instead of turning to God in faith, banding together, you know, they got mad at Moses, who was trying to lead them in God's way. They complained. They grumbled. They didn't trust. So God sent poisonous snakes, venomous snakes, to bite them and kill them. A lot of them died from these snakes. God didn't like that. The next incident is mentioned in uh, verse 10. So we got boom, 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 three in a row. Verse 10, and surprise, surprise, what do you think they did this time? He says, and do not complain, <laughs> as some of them did, and were killed by the destroying angel. Do not complain, as some of them did, and were killed by the destroying angel. This incident is also recorded in Numbers in chapter 16. So you remember that incident where several of them had offered strange fire. You know, they didn't, they didn't offer the incense in the way that God had prescribed. And uh, so the earth opened and swallowed them down into the abyss. Uh, don't tell me God doesn't care how we worship him. He cares. Um, he wants us to follow his instructions. I mean, I'm not sure that he's going to swallow us into the earth if we don't hold the censer just right, but... We should at least try to do the best we can, for sure. Anyway, after this happened, uh, some Israelites standing around complaining, started to complain about this. They were like, oh no, we're going to get swallowed too. And so a fire says came from God. God unleashed his holy fire and burned up 250 of them, like that, because they just complained. And then the whole camp, the Israelites started to grumble and complain and say, you know, and accuse Moses and Aaron of uh, being responsible for these people dying. So God was so provoked, he wanted to destroy the whole lot of them in an instant. He was just ready to wipe them out. And you remember Moses, the Christ figure, fell down and interceded for them with all his heart. I mean, prayed and prayed for them. He carried the great burden. And because of his loving intercession, God was merciful and only killed 14,700 of them for complaining. Not sure that we could delve into it a little bit more than that. Verse 11. These things happened to them as examples and were written for our instruction on whom the ends of the ages have come. So let the one who thinks he is standing be careful that he does not fall. No trial has overtaken you that is not faced by others. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tried beyond what you are able to bear. 
but with the trial will also provide a way out so that you may be able to endure it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.